You're listening to The Semi-Filled Writer. This is a show about my life experiences, my love for entertainment, and of course, my failures. Stick around. Welcome, everybody, to episode 10 of A Semi-Failed Writer. Happy belated Mother's Day, Eric. Not your mom, but happy belated Fair Mother's enough. Day to you, too. <laughs> Do have a mom. Happy belated I... Mother's Day to her, even though I wished her happy Mother's Day on Mother's Day, but all the other moms out there, too. Yep. I, I talked to my mom as well, and a little jealous because she she's in Texas, and so they started reopening shops, and she got a haircut, and we're looking a little scraggly right now. Yeah, can't, can't get it ourselves. For sure, a little scruffy around the edges. But since we're in an area where it's probably best if we keep places like barbershops closed for a little bit longer, I think we can put up with it. Yeah, yeah. We'll just continue to be patient. But <laughs> let's just get into this. Excited about this one. So am I. Like what are we doing today? I'm, I'm Well, I'm bringing the dumb back to the dumb film debate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because we're doing the, the 2004 classic Alien vs. Predator. Wait, what? I'm excited about that one. Wait, we, we, we're not doing that. We're not doing that one. No, no, no. I told you we're doing oh. the debate between the original Alien from 1979 and the original Predator from 1987. Oh, I guess I'm not prepared for this one then. Oh, <laughs> which, which side am I arguing? <laughs> no, in all, in all seriousness, we, we are doing a film debate. We're both fully prepared for it. This started as a joke. Alien came on TV the other day and it gave me the idea to maybe do an extra terrestrial debate and then the first thing that comes out of your mouth is alien versus predator and you didn't mean anything by that but then i realized that's a fantastic idea um we're in unprecedented territory because everybody has made a debate about who'd win in a fight between alien the xenomorph and predator there's been numerous reviews on the movie you just talked about and its sequel requiem but I've have hard I've had a hard time finding uh, any place that's actually done a debate on these two OG films. Yeah, most everything's always just wanting to talk about who beats who in a fight and why and all that stuff. But yeah, not so, the films themselves, which is kind of a fun idea. So I'm excited for this one. So this is gonna be great. This these are the two movies that launched these huge franchises that include sequels, books, Mortal Kombat characters. So you're welcome, guys. You ready for this? Absolutely. Okay, let's go. Let me do intros. In the Red Corner, released in 1979, directed by Ridley Scott and introducing one of the greatest film heroines of all time, It's Alien. And In the Blue Corner, from the year 1987, directed by John McTiernan and featuring not one, but two former state governors, It's Predator. Let me remind you of the rules. We're going to have seven rounds. A point will be awarded after each round, and the film with the most points wins. So Eric is going to be representing Alien, and I'm going to be speaking on behalf of Predator. So I think I did opening statements first on the last one. So Eric, if you'd like to start. I will do that. 
So Alien came out in 1979, and if you think about prominent sci-fi at the time, you might think of things like Star Wars, which is a fantasy in space, and you have Star Trek, which was kind of a more traditional sci-fi, kind of thinking about what humanity is going to be like in an era of space exploration and whatever what you're going to find and how things are going to be. But what's really cool about Alien, and that's unique and kind of unique to the time, there were some other, you know, there were a lot of other sci-fi things that were out at the time, but... But Alien is is really a survival horror that's set in space, and it's uh, kind of more like a horror movie with with sci-fi elements to it, and I don't know that there was a lot of that up to that time. And so the basic idea in the story is that an alien gets on board a ship, the crew has to try to survive, and it's pretty much as simple as that at the core, Um, but it's really the way that it's executed to near perfection that really makes it. And Alien, of course, is widely considered to be one of the greatest films of all time. And while Predator is good fun, and I enjoy that movie also, I think that as we go through the categories, I'm going to be able to show that Alien is the better movie. Okay, everyone. I want to talk to you today about a film unlike any other. It first presents itself as an action movie with some of the most badass men on the planet. But soon it turns into a horror movie, where these aforementioned badasses are in a fight for survival. And the fact that this all happens on planet Earth makes all of us feel uneasy. This film has nearly everything. Explosions, gruesome deaths, laugh-out-loud dialogue, and a satisfying ending. Predator has withstood the test of time. Even though this film introduces a dangerous and advanced alien species, it is still, at heart, an entertaining action flick. Let's start with round one. Round one is story. Let me give you a quick summary of what Predator is about. This film came over 30 years ago, so I think this will be helpful. This story is about a special ops team led by Dutch Schaefer who go into Central America into a jungle to rescue U.S. dignitaries. Afterwards, they find out that they were hired under false pretenses, but that's not their biggest problem. An unknown enemy starts to murder people one by one and the enemy uses tactics that are unidentifiable by the crew. And as they try to get out, Dutch starts to understand his enemy better and has a final showdown with it. He outsmarts the Predator in the end, and the Predator self-destructs. Dutch escapes the jungle out of a helicopter, and he's probably scarred for life. I mean, this is a very straightforward film. Like, it's unexpected that these guys are going to go into the jungle, coming in for one thing, and then they have two other twists in there. But it's pretty clear what is going on. There's no confusion. It's just about guys trying to get out of the jungle. And it's entertaining in the process. All right. Well, on Alien, like I was saying in my intro, when you think about the story, um, part of what's really great about it is that it's taking a really kind of a simple idea of the crew on a ship returning to Earth, have to investigate a distress signal. Uh, an alien gets on board, starts terrorizing the crew as they try to survive, and and it's really just done so well, taking that that simple idea. Uh, It's really a dark masterpiece. It's really cool the way that the story takes its time building tension. You don't even see the alien until like an hour into the movie, and so during the time leading up to that, you're, you're getting to know the crew, a crew that doesn't entirely get along. You know, they're not completely at odds either, but they're, they're not really fully getting along. And then you spring the alien on them and they're all just trying to frantically survive. I like to make an analogy for 
taking that really kind of simple basic story idea and just really doing it well. I like to make a music analogy. And with that, if you think about music, it's not always complicated music that has all kinds of twists and changes and things like that. Uh, that's the best. Sometimes it's just a real simple idea that the artist just makes their own and, and executes it so flawlessly that it becomes amazing. If you think of a band like ACDC, where they play a song and it's just taking three chords and, you know, a lot of people can put together three chords, but not everybody's going to pull it off the way that ACDC does. It's just different and unique to them, even though a lot of times it's a simple arrangement. So even though this story is not a crazy complex story, it's really just pulled off so well. Uh, and that's what makes it a classic. So we really have two different types of stories here. You got one with Predator where no one had any idea that this was going to happen to them. Nobody was expecting them to go into the jungle to have to deal with a, an alien that's killing everybody. Whereas an alien, it was deliberate. There's this evil company that purposely sent them to this alien moon, this remote location, and they're trying to go after this alien and people are just having to do their best to try to survive and get away from this threat and i think for that reason because there's an added drama there there was intent i feel like maybe alien might be the better story i'll take maybe. it <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could put a better fight but yeah, I, I mean i, I think again it, it's really just to to explore with such depth and precision a plot line that's not overly complex i think is what makes the story really impressive in alien so okay. yeah i'm glad to take that point Okay, um, winner goes to Alien. All right. Round two. Round two is dialogue. What, what dialogue, really? I don't know if either movie depends on it, but um, take your best shot. All right, the dialogue. In, in Alien, the, the way that some of the dialogue was developed is actually kind of interesting when you look at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that was that was done. Uh, a lot of the dialogue was done through improvisation. They kind of developed it that way. And while they were filming, there were things going on behind the scenes that were encouraged to try to help the uh, to build tension uh, among the crew members. So things like people not being very nice to each other off screen, stuff like that. Um, and that really comes through because you get a lot of dialogue where you get that as I said before, they're not entirely at odds with each other, but you can it's a believable sort of situation that, that comes out of it. Uh, you think about the characters Parker and Brett, who are the engineers on the ship, and, and there are some times where they're complaining about their comp compensation in comparison to some of the other crew members. You have Ripley and Lambert. You can see some animosity between them, that, that they're, again, not entirely on the same page here. And then overall, no one's really happy with the idea that they have to stop uh, because of the, the distress signal, other than maybe Ash. Uh, and, and so that's causing them to have more anxiety. And then once, of course, there's an alien involved that's trying to kill them all, that uh, that really just builds from there. And so, so all this dialogue is really uh, just about creating kind of tension and making it also kind of a believable scenario uh, before you just have the frantic race to the finish to survive. With the dialogue in Predator, most of it is just involving talking tactics. They're trying to figure out their environment, trying to put a plan of attack when they're trying to, you know, at the time they're thinking they're going to have to rescue some people. 
but there's some very entertaining dialogue here with the crew. They have these very funny exchanges. Of course, it's filled with testosterone. And I mean, they're trying to be as lighthearted as they can be because they know that they're going to go into something real dangerous. I want to point out in particular Shane Black, who is a screenwriter that I aspire to be. I just love his colorful humor and banter. Um, He plays Hawkins in the film. And there's these two jokes that he makes and they kind of go over you know, Billy's head, I believe. And he's talking about the female nether regions, but they're absolutely hilarious. Those are jokes that he just made up on the spot there. So I thought it was funny that he was able to put his own flavor into this. And then of course, Arnold, who's really good at just doing these funny one-liners. He has these bad puns, like where he throws the machete at one of the enemies and he says, stick around. And then of course, you can't forget one of his most iconic catchphrases of all time get to the chopper i mean despite this being a very dangerous and scary film there's moments of there being like it's okay it's okay for it to be light-hearted and entertaining well so after hearing your argument to kind of deliberate about the dialogue here i think with with alien that the dialogue is effective for for the purpose that it serves and it does add to its greatness but it doesn't carry the movie uh, and your point about Predator, you're talking about how it has a, a bunch of memorable lines, there's quips. Uh, well, while really with Alien, there, there aren't a lot of lines that stand out in the way that it's like you're watching it and you're just waiting for that line to come up where you get that satisfaction of every time you hear it. Um, where in Predator, that's like half the fun of the movie is waiting for those lines to come. And I actually kind of thought you would lead off the show with the get to the chopper line. <laughs> kind of the way I think about it, Alien would actually still be great even if you never heard a word that the character said. And while Predator really relies on it and the fun dialogue that's in it, then I'm kind of willing to let that swing the category in favor of Predator this time. I'm going to complain about that. Yeah, it's definitely more memorable dialogue. I will say with uh, Alien, I did like how everybody was frustrated. You could tell everybody was frustrated no matter what the situation was. That frustration really helped get uh, a, a lot of tension. And that's just adding to whatever else is going on. So... But yes, you're right. You could do without it. But that's well, I don't know that I would go so far as to say do without it. I'm saying it's still great even without it, where it's not over-reliant on it. But Predator gets the point. So Predator does. Gonna... I'll, I'll give you the point. Fine. 1-1. One, one. Round three. <laughs> Round three is characters. I'm going to talk first about the uh, human characters in this film, and then I'll talk about Predator specifically. So there's this crew of special ops guys that they're excellent what they do. Like if there's any mess that you're in around the world, you call these guys first and they're going to get stuff done. And so they have all these specialties as far as weapons, explosives, tracking, and scouting. And so it is surprising and it says a lot about what Predator can do because he's able to diminish the abilities that they have when they're in the jungle. Now Dutch is a good protagonist. Because throughout the film, he is the leader to this group, but he also is best at adapting to his surroundings. He keeps observing his enemy. He keeps trying to figure out its strengths and weaknesses and then taking all of that and trying to put together uh, a plan of attack. And you see it when he's wanting the final showdown and putting together traps and a bow and arrow and camouflage and everything. And it's really effective because it, it works in the end. 
Now, Predator is, I don't want to go specifically into why it's superior than Alien or not, but this is what's great about Predator and why there's a successful franchise as a result. It's advanced. It's using technology to its advantage by using thermal detection. He's got lasers strapped onto him. He uses a cloaking device. He's invisible so that people can't detect him. Also, he goes in the trees and travels above where everyone else is expecting him to be on ground level. And so he's a very intelligent uh, species. And uh, when he feels like he's being outsmarted by Dutch, he takes off that mask and he decides, you know what, I, I can appreciate what you've done so far. And so let's just take this uh, bare bones and let's just do a one on one fight. So I did like the level of respect he shows and also level of intelligence that he has. All right, well, to start with, with characters in, in Alien, I, I think you have to start with the champion of the movie, who's actually Jones the Cat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, Jones the Cat, he, he's easily evading the alien. He's not really having any trouble. He's not getting into the same kind of problems as the silly humans who are trying to survive. His biggest problem is that the humans keep trying to expose his hiding places to where the alien is. He's doing just fine by himself. He makes the escape shuttle. He's a clear MVP. But let's... <laughs> more seriousness talk about some of the other characters in the movie so obviously ellen ripley is an iconic film character uh if she's not your top female sci-fi slash horror character of all time then i think she has to be close i think that a lot of the reason that this franchise was as successful as it was and and would go on to be as influential as it has been is because of the character of ripley uh, the rest of the crew, I think it helps to create the believable dynamic, again, space work crew uh, that's kind of coming unhinged a little bit under pressure. One particular character that I that I enjoy in the movie a lot is, is Ash, who's revealed to be an android later in the story. And he, I just always like how there's just enough that's off about him that makes you question what his deal is without it being so over the top that that it's like completely out of the ordinary. It's just like, what's up with this weird dude on the crew? And then you find out later that there's a really good reason for it. He's the reason that they're in all of this problem because he has the ties to that company. And then of course the Xenomorph, as it would come to be known later, just a transcendent horror villain. It's just the perfect combination of, of being terrifying. It's foreign and, and it's oddly sexualized. And since you know so little about it, and it's hardly on screen in the movie, and when it, is, when it is on screen, you don't even always see all of it, it really makes you wonder what you're looking at, whether what you thought you saw, you really saw, and, and it uh, really brings together the horror of being trapped on a ship with something that's this unknown killing machine. So let's take Alien Predator out. I know we brought him up, but it might be a toss-up if we decided on those two. So when you have this ragtag team from Nostromo versus the special ops crew who is the better of the the characters right and yeah so definitely not just alien versus predator but i think that alien wins this one just because the sheer power of the xenomorph and ripley uh, and then jones the cat as just these film <laughs> icons I also have an argument kind of against one of the things that you said when, if I, if I can just give a counter, you know, you have these special forces guys that are supposed to be highly trained for the situation that they end up in. And then as soon as things start going off from what's expected and there's strange things going on, they just get so unhinged. And I think that that's just out of character from what you would expect from someone who's 
trained to be in these awful scenarios and and be able to get through it somehow uh it just that always kind of struck me as strange that they got way more unhinged than this commercial crew on a ship that's running away from an alien and yeah they get a little bit out of sorts but not nearly as much so that's always something that kind of bothered me in predator i'm sure they're really good at compartmentalizing any of the trauma that i've seen i can't even imagine the traumatic events that they have ever witnessed but yeah for like mac to see his friend die i'm sure he's buried a lot of his friends but specifically with in this film he just goes into different levels so yeah it is kind of strange that they snap like that so i'll give you that in addition to jones alien wins i'll give you (laughs) round four (laughs) cast and crew take it away a lot of things really came together well with with this movie. And the first name that I'm going to mention, I'm probably going to butcher. I was looking online and saw something that said that maybe it's pronounced H.R. Giger. I wanted to say Geiger. I'm not sure what it is. I apologize if neither of those is right. But he's the artist who was responsible for the design of the alien um, and the ship, the Nostromo. Uh, and the alien itself is just such a cool design that's really perfect for the movie. And then the ship, the way that it's designed that, you know, with this cramped setting for all this uh, action to, to take place as it unfolds. Another thing I think is cool in the movie, uh, the, the cast, pretty diverse cast, and you have uh, all the actors who are able to give pretty believable performances for, for what they're supposed to be, what their role is in the movie. Obviously, this movie launched Sigourney Weaver as a star, pretty much unknown as far as I know before that, and, and went on to be you know, about as high a list as you can be for a stretch there. I always liked, I brought him up earlier, Ian Holm is who plays Ash, and and again, his performance just sticks out to me just because you know he's the asshole, and you're just not sure why. Uh, and then, of course, you have to mention for this also the director, Ridley Scott. Uh, this is one of his early films. Uh, hadn't done too much before that, but he clearly announced himself as a power player. Uh, would end up going on to have maybe one of the greatest catalogs of movies for any director. And then I also have to shout out the four cats who played Jones, because that's pretty awesome too. I'm just really glad that they didn't keep Jean-Claude Van Damme cast as Predator. Because that was originally the plan. They wanted him for his martial arts, his uh, flexibility and acrobatics. They felt like he could play Predator because he's airborne a lot of the times. But there was a couple of problems. One... Uh, JCVD was five foot nine. Um, he wouldn't be a towering menace to all these other guys who are like six feet and over. Also, he had a lot of difficulty with that suit. And so uh, eventually they did scrap him. And then they got a guy named Kevin Peter Hall to be Predator. He's seven foot two. You might recognize his work in Harry and the Henderson. So uh, let's acknowledge him for that. Now, really, this film is all about star recognition. And there's three guys in particular that had top billing and their household names. You have Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse, the Body Ventura, and Carl Weathers. So let me give you some context here. Back in the 80s, things leading up to Arnold's turn as Dutch Schaefer, he had already come off of Terminator, Conan the Barbarian, Commando, and just to name a few it was very easy to just put his name on the marquee and people were going to go watch it. It didn't matter what it was. They were like, Arnold's in it. I'm going to go. Now, Jesse Ventura, if you guys are WWF 
Yes, it was WWF at the time. If you were fans, you were very familiar with who Jesse Ventura was. And so he was starting to make his uh, transition into acting, crossing over. He did uh, The Running Man with Arnold soon after that. And I would argue that Jesse Ventura, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, all trailblazers. They all started doing acting in the 80s and making it possible for guys like John Cena and Dwayne The Rock Johnson to transition out of doing the the wrestling gig and then going into acting and making millions of dollars. So props to Jesse for that. And then, of course, Carl Weathers, he had just come off of dying in Rocky Four, only to die again. Wouldn't be the first time or last time he would die in a movie, but that's what happened. Let's talk about the director for a minute, John McTiernan. I think this was just his second movie he ever directed. He wasn't a big name, but then... The success of this film helped him launch into other films, and namely, he did Die Hard. I think that was his next film, and so he became a huge success after that. So, so what do you think for this category? What are we, what are we deliberating here? Uh, something that I recognize with Predator is that it's a sausage fest. There's only one female in this movie, and usually I'm have arguments against that it worked for the film because that was the narrative that was a narrative they needed to to have but there's more diversity in alien you even have a cat you got a pet then you have two women not just one and so i feel with just the diversity even though they didn't have as much star power at the time i think alien might might get it another thing with alien and i'm so i'm gonna bring up the academy award that it won right now it actually did win an academy award for visual visual effects because of because of how impressive the visuals are, and since I, I brought up the the artist and just those teams that were building those sets and, and making the alien, I think that kind of swings the category. Oh yeah, they had much more critical acclaim. I don't know if I, I Predator got a few nominations. I saw they got some Saturn awards and stuff, but not any Academy Awards or anything more elite than that. So yes, you're right. I also want to make a quick shout out to Veronica Cartwright. I feel bad for her. She was originally cast as Ellen Ripley and no one told her up until maybe one or two weeks before shooting that she got relegated to Lambert and Sigourney Weaver was now going to be Ripley and who knows what her trajectory would be. Yeah, would she, she has, be Sigourney Weaver? <laughs> yeah, she had a very good career. Loved her in Flight of the Navigator and I might talk about that later. You'll see. But yeah, yeah that, who, is a, who knows? that is a good what a good what if. All right, let's move on. Aliens at three to one right now. Let's see if they can do it with round five. Round five is music. The original score for Predator was composed by Alan Silvestri. And if you want to take a look at IMDb, his credit list is through the roof. He has done some of the most high profile movies that you can imagine. He did the Back to the Future trilogy he did, most recently, all the Avengers films. Um, anything that was associated with Robert Zemeckis, like Forrest Gump, he did a very good job with putting the music together for Predator. It had this really cool use of the synth piano and the percussion and horns and had this militaristic sound coming through it. And it really was effective throughout the whole story. There was one song that was added into this film, and that was Long Tall Sally by Little Richard. And that was whenever they're in the helicopter, just the guys just getting ready to go into their mission. So both of those things really set a good tone and 
helped it make a very entertaining film. All right. Well, in Alien, the score was composed by Jerry Goldsmith, and you brought up the idea of credits lists, and and yeah, definitely, it's it's just ridiculous. I would encourage people to take a look at that. I I can almost guarantee you're going to find something that you recognize in there besides just Alien. He was active from the 50s up through 2004 when he died, and it's it's a pretty impressive list. So, and actually, as a side note, he was actually not entirely happy with how his score ended up being used in this movie. But you know, that aside, I I think that the main thing about this score, first of all, it's it's pretty minimalist as far as music goes, um, but it's it's really really good just in the moments that you need it to accentuate an emotion or a tension or something uh, that's going on. Atmosphere, it's really atmospheric. It's not really using songs anywhere. You do have some incidental classical music that you hear a couple of times, uh, but it really, it's it's just there to help build the the emotion, the terror that, that you have and to make a certain moment in the film hit the way that they wanted to. And, and I think that it just weaves itself in with everything else in a way that's seamless. Now, this was very unexpected, but this past Saturday, the wonderful little Richard passed away, and I feel like it's the it's it's the right thing to do in honor of his memory that we award this point to Predator. He made a valuable contribution, and I think it's the right thing to do to to honor it. Yeah, and I I don't think that that Predator it would only win just on the merits of having little Richard in there. One thing I would say, I, I wouldn't really listen to the music from Alien, you know, just put on the soundtrack. I know there might be some people out there who would argue with me that it's great and that I should, but I wouldn't. And I think both movies really do use the scores to a really great effect. So I'm actually okay with, with letting Little Richard just be the, the deciding point still, though. All right. Let's go to round six. <laughs> Round six is production. All right. Uh, as I've made mention of in some of the other categories, there's there's really a lot that has been made to come together seamlessly. I just used that to end the last category, but it really, really fits. The first thing, the sound and the lighting is amazing. And the thought that went into the visuals, it's really impressive to think how meticulously everything was thought out about what, what are we seeing? What do we not see? How is this going to be lit to accentuate a certain part? What do you, what do we want to make stand out uh, within the scene? There, there's just a lot of intent behind how the sets were designed, everything that you could do to enhance how frightening the effects are that are going on. And not to mention that the ton of work that went into making the alien itself look as great as it did. Uh, to the point of casting uh, six foot ten, rail thin, Balaji Badejo again. If I didn't pronounce that right, I apologize to anybody who might have a connection. Uh, and it's actually his only credit that I found. So they wanted this guy to just be super tall and super skinny. And the reason that they wanted to do that, the filmmakers didn't want it to look like their creature was a guy in a suit because it was always that way in a lot of the sci-fi or horror. It's, it always ends up just being a guy in a suit. And so even though they did have a guy in a suit, they wanted to figure out a way to make it so that the audience uh, would think that it wouldn't be possible for it to just be some person in a suit. And so that and the way that they would film things by controlling what we're actually seeing on screen, and at the, which means at the same time what we don't see, it, it'll always have the, the audience kind of wondering what, what you're seeing. And, and as everything fit together, it really all takes the movie to another level. Most everything in Predator was shot on location. They filmed in 
the this one area of Mexico, and they were dealing with very brutal conditions. They were dealing with bugs, snakes, leeches. There was uh, extreme climates, and I read that a few of the cast members got really sick because their water wasn't filtered. You know that saying about don't drink the water in Mexico? There's your proof right there. And talking about extreme climates, in particular, Arnold was, Arnold was having a tough time with doing some of those night shoots. So, you, you know, at the near the end of the film, he's getting ready to fight Predator. It's at nighttime. He's covered in mud. Well, it was extremely cold during that shoot. And then just having that mud, you know, in the film that's supposed to lower his body heat, it definitely did in real life. And so he was shivering. I don't know how bad it got if he got near hypothermia, but it was extremely uncomfortable despite crew members trying to help him keep his body temperature up. So it just didn't sound like a pleasant experience for the most part. And then I do want to speak about the camera work, the interesting things to show the perspective of Predator or displaying him on the screen. They did this really interesting technique to show this camouflage effect. And it's kind of tricky to explain, but they basically did like two shots. One of them, he had like a red suit and they were able to wipe out that red coloring. And then they did a second shoot of the same frame and they widened the lens. And so it gave this illusion that there's this outline of him, that he's there, but you can't see him. So they did some really interesting things with trying to show this cloaking effect with the Predator. And so I ask you, what what do you feel about uh, the production? Well, I hate to have to do it already. I, this this category is going to tip the scales to make the lead insurmountable. But but I really think this point has to go to Alien. I think you have a really good argument for production of Predator. It's pretty strong. But the biggest reason that I think Alien gets the nod here is just because of how thoughtfully everything's put together. You know, everything was so well contemplated when you consider how every little detail fits together to make the film. That puts Alien at 4-2. Do we even need to go through round seven at this point? We're absolutely going to talk about the legacies, aren't we? Okay, round seven. Round seven is legacy. Let me see what I can do here. Now, on any given day, if you were given... Alien and Predator, which one would you be in the mood to watch? And I feel like most of the time you'd probably want to say Predator because you got to be in a certain mood to watch Alien. Like you do want to be frightened. You do want things to be intimate, but you're not going to feel like that way all the time. With Predator, it's very, you don't have to pay too much attention to it. You can have it on the background and then just check in on it on those one or two highlights, particularly when Dylan and Dutch meet and they have that awesome bro handshake that turns into arm wrestling competition i don't know and it was a very well loved action film if you go and look to different publications and they have their greatest of all time greatest action films predator is absolutely on this list this film has also been known to be subversive and me being an idiot here, I did not know what the word subversive meant, but I looked it up and it means to overthrow or undermine an established or existing system. And I feel like it does that with Predator because you, like I said, you have these macho guys that are elite military men and you expect them to all survive and be heroes throughout all of this. Well, then in this film, it just flips the switch and it kills mostly all of them and to add insult to injury you see these guys getting their heads pulled off out of their bodies and they get skinned too so it's interesting how 
they do something unexpected with these uh, actors or these characters that we expect to be the heroes at the end of the day. All right. Well, with Alien, if you think about some of the the accolades that it's received, and I already brought up the Academy Award for the visual effects, it's also preserved in the National Film Registry, which is for films deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And I would argue that the or should be and for Alien, because it really does fit with all three of those. It launched a whole franchise, obviously, a bunch of movies, toys, games, comics, and it's been influential to way too many movies to even begin to name. But really, one of my favorite things is video games, and so I have to mention the game Metroid, which some of you may know. They named uh, Monster Ridley and another one, Mother Brain, as references to director Ridley Scott, and then the Nostromo's computer was called Mother, and so I always thought that was kind of cool and funny, the influence, just the connection there with an alien video game to an alien movie. Forget National Library of Congress and all the spinoffs and everything, you had me at Metroid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, seriously, both of these, like I said in the very beginning, they launched these huge franchises, and they've both come together in certain instances, but definitely Alien has a better legacy. My thought on this one, comparing the two, is because uh, Predator is good fun. Uh, and I think you're right. I think you made a good point about it being a better casual watch. You know, if it's just on the background and then when it gets to the point where you got one of those hilarious lines coming up or something that you want to see in the action, then you can kind of pay a little more attention and then detach. But, I mean, if you're watching intently, definitely going to want to... Well, I would definitely appreciate Alien more just because it has more depth to it. And so I like Predator. Predator's a, a classic, fun action movie. But but Alien is a masterpiece. It's just on another level. I think you're right. I mean, we knew coming into this that Alien would win. But That's it was fun to go through this. the outcome when you look at it on the surface. But it was still fun to go through this process and see if maybe going more in depth with some of these uh, specifics... We change our mind, but no, I think Aileen wins this. You know, going through it all, I do come away with more of an appreciation. You go down some of those rabbit holes and you're finding out all these things about about the movie. And, you know, I I think of with the Alien franchise, I always preferred the movie Aliens. I just that was the one that I gravitated toward for whatever reason. Um, But having a chance to do this and really kind of go into a lot more detail this time, I really did come away with a lot more appreciation for that first one that that spawned it all. And now you're officially an alien nerd. I'm a predator (laughs) nerd. So come at us (laughs) for any discussion. you As long as it's a dumb discussion. Yes. All right. No, I'm a little little beyond dumb with this one now, I do have to say. So this was good, though. All right. Fight's over. (laughs) Alien wins. Now tell us your thoughts. Do you agree or disagree with our debates? Is Alien better than Predator? Let us know. You can reach me at semifieldwriter at gmail.com. I also have a blog. It's semifieldwriter.com. And you can also catch me on Instagram and Twitch at semifieldwriter. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, it was fun. No problem. All right. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple of weeks and I'll talk to you later.